Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? It's Jason Webb. Today, I am at Sandvold Financial Group, located in Minnetonka, Minnesota, another great Minnesota-made business. And with me today is Blake Sandvold. Blake, you got a lot of uh, letters after your name on this business card, man. <laughs> I've uh, got a couple on there, yeah. Yeah, you know, usually I see like president or CEO, but you got like CIO, CFP, CAP, Um First of all, what's CIO? Yeah, so I serve as our firm's chief investment officer. So ha- handling all of our, our firm's asset allocation strategies. Holy cow, man. That sounds rather important. I think so. <laughs> I, I think our clients think so. But, <laughs> you, you know, it's something I absolutely love. And, uh, you, you know, I, I grew up around investments and uh, it's been a passion forever. So I, I love what I do every day on that side. Yeah, it's like in your blood. It, it really is. Yeah. It, it is, yeah. Yeah, you're one of those guys. Congratulations. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a little I'm, jealous. I, I'm blessed to find a passion for what, uh, you know, I get to go and do it every day. Yeah, for sure. And sitting to Blake's left is McKinsey, but she goes by Kinsey. Uh, Greshel, Kinsey? Yes, Greshel, oh, correct. Greshel, all right. And you are... You you explain your title to me. You just go ahead and do that, okay? I am marketing director and Blake's executive assistant. Got it. Got it. Well, welcome, Kinsey. Thank you. I'm happy that you're here. All right. So we are located in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Is this 394 is right here, right? You got it. 394 and Hopkins Crossroads. Okay. Very convenient location. And, you know, uh, let's see here. I, I, you guys came across my radar because there was like, I think two or three people I seen a billboard. I think you guys sponsored a networking event. So there's like five encounters within like three days. And I'm, it's hard to ignore. You know, they say, there's a saying, praying to God is you speaking to, to God. Your intuition is God speaking to you. So I, I, the older I get, the more in tune I try to be to my intuition. And I'm like, man... There must be something going on over at this Sandvold that uh, it keeps coming across my radar. So let's get them on the show. I right? love it. I right? Love it. <laughs> um, and we have a mutual friend. You went to college, a previous podcast guest, uh, Lucas Gahn. Yeah. With yeah. Uh, Torin Construction. Torin Construction. You got it. And uh, you guys went to college together. Where, where did you go to college again? We did. Yeah. So we went to the University of St. Thomas together and uh, took a number of business classes together as well as some undergrad. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, amazingly, we've actually known each other since ninth grade. And uh, How's that? Did you go to the same high school? The same high school, uh, starting off. And then uh, went up going, uh, finished out high school at, at a different one and reconnected okay. freshman year of college. It was, it was a, a strangest thing, but uh, yeah, he, he's a great guy. He's uh, building a great business himself. Like you, I don't know, maybe they taught this in high school or in college, but like you, he's full of passion. He is Absolutely. he is on fire with his touring construction business. And uh, not only does he want to, you know, produce a great product, but he wants to change the perception of construction and construction workers you know, as a whole, he doesn't want that whole stigma of blue collar and this is what you do when you can't do anything else. You go work construction. He's like, no, man, these guys are experts and professionals and 
great craftsmen and they're hard to find. So he, he's a really interesting dude to talk to. He's remarkable. And you know what? I, I mean, the first time I sat down with him, you know, er, early on, it's like, I mean, we, we did just have a shared passion for, for our own respective careers. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's one of the hardest working people I know. And, right? you know, I, I truly believe that he's going to change it how he sees fit. So he's, uh, he, he's a go-getter. He's yeah. going to make it happen. He's got a big vision. He does. He does. Yeah. He's always been that way. He, he's a dreamer. And, uh, but the difference is that he actually executes on it. And, yeah. you know, I think that's tough for a lot of people is, you know, you may have the big vision, uh, but being able to selfly implement that is, is huge. And uh, he gets it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A quick message from our sponsors. This podcast was brought to you by Minnesota Risk Partners, specializing in risk management and insurance services for Minnesota-based companies. Check them out at minnesotariskpartners.com. Okay, let's, let's start uh, from the beginning. You, you said that you've been around the financial advising type industry most of your life. Yeah. How long has Sandvold Financial Group been around? Yeah, so my dad got in the industry uh, 35 years ago, so back in 1986. Wow. How old are you? <laughs> I, it's been my whole life. I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll lead in with that. <laughs> you know, that, that is the most uh, you know, often follow-up question on that. So I, I have been here my whole life. But uh, yeah, Terry, my dad, started in, back in 1986. And, uh, you know, it started in Minnesota, a one-man operation, and, uh, you know, we, we've grown ever since. So, do business in most states across the country now. So, was he working as a financial advisor someplace else, and then he's like, well, I can do it better than these guys, or... Like, what was his motivation of starting his own firm? Yeah. You know, he, he has a really interesting story. So he's actually from Minot, North Dakota. And why not? Minot. Why not? Minot. That's <laughs> yeah. what they always say, right? <laughs> Very small town. Right? Very small town. And, you know, he had gone to, to college and uh, got a degree in business and finance and uh, ventured out of that for a little while. And through a different company, I think actually uh, through shoe sales, made his way to Minnesota with my mom. And uh, in their early 20s, and it, his dream, he's always one of the most passionate people that you meet about just sitting down and helping anybody he can. And, mm. you know, from there, it, he really knew he wanted to get into finance. I think his uncle was uh, in the insurance business for a long really? time. Mine. Okay. And uh, so he, he drifted into finance and uh, applied at a number of different groups around here, um, was with a couple other agencies for, for a couple of years. And then I think it was the early 90s, he said, you know, I, I, I want to split off, kind of brand this myself and uh, take us down a different path. And from there, Sandwood Financial Group was started. So you had some experience in the industry before he just kind of jumped into it, uh, starting his own business. Yeah. And that was 35 years ago. Yeah. Uh, what were the early days like? Uh, do you recall? I mean, uh, you were probably still in diapers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was before my involvement here for sure. Um, but you know, I, I, for him, it, it was a lot of late nights, and you know, I think like a lot of small business owners, I mean, it's it's a constant grind. Yeah. And you know, I I know starting off, he. You would say, you know, if I didn't have enough meetings or, you know, enough appointments scheduled with people during the week, he's like, I, I'd stay as late as I needed to. And he's like, at that eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night, uh, trying to get my, my work week set up. And oh. uh, so he did a lot of those. And, you know, I, I think that's really in the blood of our firm's DNA is hard work and, you know, constantly looking to help people as, as hard as we can. Uh, but a lot of late nights and, um, a lot of education. So it's, uh, you know, always speaking to people and seeing who, who you can learn something from. 
Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You said at the beginning of the week, if he didn't have all his meetings set up for the upcoming week, he was willing to stay as late as possible and schedule in, in those meetings and fill up his week with appointments. Is that you got it. Yeah. And just pounding pound on the phone, huh? Pounding the phone. Yeah. And that's how it was back then. You know, it was a different time from a marketing standpoint where, you know, it was a, it was a lot more call-based. And, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, he, he would stay as, as late as he had to to get it done. And, you know, in the early days, too, he was doing all the paperwork, all the processing, everything solely by himself. And, you know, he always talks how, how tough that was to hire the first assistant and yeah. that he did. It's, uh, you know, to, to actually start having a, a payroll and everything like that was a little bit daunting. And, yeah. you know, you, you start to get the hang of it over time where it first goes in the second, goes in the third pretty quick. Yeah. Makes me think of that Will Smith movie where he's trying to get a job on Wall Street and he's just like, he, he, he won't right. go to the bathroom. He's just dialing that phone like mad. That's right. right? I, I know which one you're talking about. That's, that was probably a lot like him early on. <laughs> and your dad's name again, is it Terry? Terry. Yep. Terry. Terry's not here today. He's down in Arizona. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's enjoying a little of the sun down there. So he, yeah. he left us here. <laughs> Kinsey, you know Terry. Yeah, yeah, I do. How would you describe Terry? I, I've never met him. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in meeting him. He sounds like an interesting guy. He, it sounds like he's a uh, music buff. Right? Yes, yeah. he is. Yeah, does yeah. he talk about music? He has at home. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> how would you describe Terry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help her out, Blake. Help her out a little bit. Yeah. I'll, I'll step in. So, yeah. you know, I, you're completely right. He is a massive huge, uh, music buff. I mean, you know, his office here. He's got uh, an old record player and a bunch of albums. I mean, I see him hanging on the wall. Are those yeah, album mm-hmm. covers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah his cool. uh, his his old house. He actually uh, took one wall and hung up the the entire wall uh, with albums. I mean, he probably had four. Up there, and that was just a, a small fraction of their collection wow. on it. Okay. But yeah, his his big thing has been collecting, you know, different artist signatures. Like Elton John is one of his favorites. The Beatles and oh, cool. uh, loves all of those. Yeah. Does he play? It, uh, you know, not so much anymore. But he is very musically gifted. He used to play trumpet. Um, yeah. You know, when he was growing up, okay. and uh, he had it, it was kind of amazing. He had never played piano, and my my, my twin sister and I had played piano when when we were younger. And it taught him how to play on a couple of notes. I, I mean, I swear, you know, 30 minutes in, you know, he, he could do some, like, basic songs just by knowing, like, how it should sound. So oh, really? He, he, yeah, it's just, it's very natural for him, like, to visualize that. Did you inherit that gift? Uh, I, I, yeah, Kenzie laughs. She, <laughs> she's seen me dance, you know, it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> Doesn't have the best rhythm. Not the best rhythm. It's okay. At least you're good at your job. <laughs> I'm good here. Um, It's like the typical white boy dance. It it is. It's a little stiff, but. That was, uh, you know, we had gone to one of my uh, best friend's uh, weddings who actually works here together. And that's, that was kind of what Kenzie had laughed about. You know, I I was in the, you know, the wedding party. And when I walked out with the person afterwards, Kenzie's like, yeah, you're a little stiff up there. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you didn't have enough to drink. It it was early on. Uh, Early on. Well, besides tearing up the dance floor, yeah. what other hobbies do you have outside of work? You know, um, so I've got uh, two little girls at home right oh, now. How old? Uh, so let's see. Um, second was born August 31st uh, okay. of uh, 21, and the other was uh, September 1st of uh, 19. So oh, real little. They're really little they're right like now. one and two. 
Yep, you got wow, it. Wow, so, congratulations. Thank you. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's that's been a blessing that's keeping us busy right now. And, uh, you, you know, I, I would say it's probably one of the most rewarding things seeing, yeah. you know, your your older daughter start to become a, a big sister. Oh, sure. And take care of uh, our younger daughter a little bit. But So they're only about a year apart? Uh, two years. Yep. Two years apart. Yep, okay. So, so just about two years on the dot almost. I have two boys. They're uh, 13 months apart. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're eight and nine now. And... Uh, Best buddies, you know they are. They're, they're 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 attached at the hip. Uh, older brother gets sick of the younger brother every once in a while, but overall, <laughs> uh, they're very good friends. They play hockey together, and they're on the same team together. That's and, awesome. Uh, all the same interests. Right now, it's Fortnite, and, uh, <laughs> Roblox, and uh, Minecraft. Yeah, yes, a lot of video games. That's interesting. Well, and that's something you know. Being a twin myself, you know, a lot of people, you're a twin. I'm a twin. And uh, where's your bro? Is he here? Sister. Well, my bro's oh. working here too. <laughs> uh, sister's working at home today. Oh, you're. <laughs> You're not identical twins. You're no, no. twin t- with a sister. Twin sister. And oh, uh, it, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. She's like 5'3 and blonde. So, it, I mean, we're like completely so you different. You two look almost exactly <laughs> Almost exactly alike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. She, does she work in the business at all? Or? She does. She does. She does. Um, her, her background is actually psychology. And, uh, you know, we say that, we kind of joke sometimes. Well, that's it's important to have a psychologist here with that many family members working together. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting some overtime. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. So, okay. So, what is it that you guys do here? Um, yeah. My guess is it's not just another financial advisor type. Uh, uh, what do you call it? A firm, an agency? What's the proper term for a financial advisor office? I think you could call us a firm, <laughs> firm? and uh, you know we we don't go my, by an agency as much, just from the standpoint that uh, we really. St- I think that kind of misses some of the personal touch that our firm has. And, okay. you know, I, I would say that's, yeah, that's what we do. I mean, there, there's the trip, typical wealth management, retirement planning, and insurance. And if you look at our brochures, that, that's a core part of what we do. Um, but to your point, I think it does go a lot deeper than that. And, you know, the first thing we talk to about everyone when we meet with them is this is a relationship. We're, we're a family-owned company. Uh, we treat our, our clients, our, our office, like family. And, yeah. you know, really building those true long-term relationships where it's not transactional. Um, I mean, that, that's one of Terry's favorite parts is, you know, he's got some of his clients that have been here since 1986. And, wow. you know, you, you really get to know those people. And I would say that's that's one of the most rewarding parts about what we do. And uh, so right out of college, did you come here full time? Right out of the gate? I did. Um, actually, in college. So I, I, I got fully licensed. I think my, my sophomore year of college was working full time through that. So, um, wow, that's cool, man. Yeah. I, you know. It's rare where somebody knows what they want to do and what they're going to be early on in life. Yeah. That was not me. <laughs> right? I was the opposite of that. So out of, out of high school, I got in a little trouble in high school. So I couldn't, I had to work for about a year. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and then I went to a two-year program down in Hutchinson and something called non-destructive testing. I worked in that field for like a year. I hated it, hated it, hated it. And uh, so I didn't have any money. I want to go back to college. I joined the Army. I was a medic in the Army for six years. Got the GI Bill, tuition assistance, tuition reimbursement. 
So then I started at Normandale Community College right down here in Bloomington, right? Yeah. I want to go the cheapest, cheapest route I could because I'm paying for it, right? And uh, from there, from two years, I did two years there, and I went to Northwestern College of Chiropractic, became a chiropractor uh, back in 2001, did that for a while, got into real estate, got into insurance, and now I'm on a, got a freaking podcast, man. <laughs> so I took... Uh, the complicated route. And so I'm envious of people that are like, man, when I grow up, I'm going to do this and they do it and they're successful at it. So congratulations with that. And that's really cool. You got to work in the field doing what you're going to be doing while in college. I I did. And, you know, I should say backing up, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. So that's commendable. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I really was blessed to find uh, out pretty early on what I wanted to do. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's kind of amazing. I actually, I started investing when I was seven. Mm. And uh, um, th- growing, okay. yeah, it, that was really, <laughs> I, I was one of those kids. And uh, um, it was... You're like taking 10% of your allowance and giving it to your dad. And he's like... Pr- pretty much. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it was, it, you know, it really was every one of my uh, days off, you know, elementary school, middle school, I wanted mm. to come into work. And that, that was fun for me. Well, everyone's out playing. I, I was like, I want to go play work. <laughs> so I, I was here, and yeah, cool. uh, which you know, in, in hindsight, it's 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 fun. You know, it's it's uh, kind of rewarding to look back at some of that and uh, see some of the progress that that the firm has made. And uh, um, yeah, it's it's yeah. just unique how it started off. Kenzie, what, what's your main role here at the firm? You got yeah, it. At the firm. Firm. Yeah, yeah. So. You do some stuff with marketing, and you're an executive assistant for Blake. What's your, what's your typical day like? So I do a combination kind of, I wouldn't like describe it as one specific title because I do a lot of different kind of things. She's very crucial here. <laughs> um, I would say one of the biggest things that I've been focusing on is kind of the wellness side of financial planning and that your overall overall well-being and is affected by finances in every single aspect. And I kind of have been trying to internally in the firm and then with our clients kind of share that we care about all aspects of all of our clients' lives and reducing that financial stress and planning for their future so that they can enjoy in the moment and do the things that are important to them right now. Okay, okay. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. And you're... um you are working on your Series 66 right now? Yeah. You got I'm the 7 done? taking it on Saturday, so oh, hopefully okay. I pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good luck with that. Thank um, you. I don't know, Blake, is the 7 or the 66 harder? Are they kind of equal, or what would you say? It, they're different. For me, I, I had felt the 66 was tougher. A, a lot of people go back and forth on it. You know, the, the 7 was, I, I, in my opinion, a lot more numbers, economic-type driven, and 66 mm-hmm. is a little bit, a little bit more regulation. Okay. So I think it, it all depends how your mind works. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. okay. So on the technical side, geek out a little bit with um, the current administration that's in office right now and supply chains down and yeah. and so on. I don't have a pulse on really what's going on in the financial markets, um, good or bad. Compare today, if you could, Blake, to let's say... I don't know, three, four years ago. Sure. Uh, what are 
one or two of the major changes that you've seen in today's market? Yeah, uh, th- there's a lot. You know, I, I do think the supply chain disruptions, um, it, it is leading to inflation in, in certain buckets. I, I mean, inflation is definitely here in certain capacities. And, you know, from our perspective, the, the two main inflations that we worry about are uh, energy and food prices. And, you know, everyone talks a lot about right now are, are certain things like this transitory, are the supply chain issues transitory? Well, I mean, a lot of that's probably going to work its way through. Uh, but those are two buckets that are, are really different. And, you know, that changes the dynamic of the world. And, you know, it really puts pressure on, on the average consumer. And, you know, you think about the, the last decade plus, people didn't really have to think too much about inflation. I, I mean, you'd see it in small buckets, but, you know, people are starting to feel a little bit more at the pump right now. So I, I think that that is one large uh, change going on right now. It, you're also seeing, um, I, I think, one of the bigger picture items that we talk a lot about right now. So we, I, I, I always say looking at our investment philosophy, we really break it into two categories. And one is saying long-term, how's the world changing? Meaning what's unfolding over the next decade plus? And how is that going to drive the world? And then on the other hand, we talk about near-term, you know, six-month type rotations in the economy. What's going on there? And I think one of the longer-term changes that we've really seen over the last year uh, since COVID is the millennial change. And there had been such a push with millennials saying, we want to have an access-driven economy instead of asset. And that was really driven by technology saying, you know, we we can share more. We don't necessarily need everything ourselves. And you think about the amount of rent and everything that had happened with uh, millennials. But as some of that's starting to change, you know, we're talking a lot about, you know, millennials growing up a little bit more in different capacities and starting to buy different assets and consume differently. That is probably single-handedly one of the most important things out there to understand is where they're putting money to work. uh, Because I think it's different than it was three years ago. And millennials are going to hit their peak consuming in about 2030. So understanding that ramp up over the next rough decade is really one of the most important things out there. And it's, it's changing. So I own uh, uh, one of the businesses I own is an insurance agency, web insurance agency. And that, that agency specializes in personal lines insurance, home, auto, boats, four-wheelers. And one thing that I've noticed that uh, I feel like is coming down the path is for that type of insurance, it's going to, it's becoming more and more of a commodity where mm-hmm. uh, people just want to jump online on their app, buy insurance without a whole lot of interaction with another human being, to oh, be sorry. honest, right? And it's all price driven. Cheapest price wins. I, I spoke to my CPA who does some uh, personal tax filings, but he specializes more on the commercial business side of things, corporations. And uh, and he made that shift several years ago because he was experiencing the same thing on the tax planning side of things. A lot of people are wanting to kind of, I don't know, not interact with people, do it themselves, or drop it off at a, at a big you know, H&R block type firm. Or, and he didn't see a future in it, so he chose to focus on the commercial side of things. I don't know. I heard the same thing. I don't know if it's true or not on the financial advising thing. Have you experienced any of that where it's becoming more digital driven or commodity based? It's like, how much are you going to charge me to manage my money and lowest price wins? Or, or, or don't you really come across that because you have focus on a 
different demographic. No, I, I, I think you're completely right. I think that is happening in our industry. Yeah, okay. And, you know, like any industry, it's saying, how, how do you stand out and separate from some of that and mm-hmm. differentiate? And, you know, that, that's been going on for, for quite a while in our industry. You know, initially spearheaded by Vanguard, low cost, low fees, just by the index, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the, the discount brokerages like Schwab or, um, <laughs> or Robinhood over the last year have, have really gained some market share by saying, do it yourself. And I really look at it and say there's there's two things that we do to differentiate from some of that. And first is we think that we view the market differently than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And you know, spend a lot of time on, on rotating through different parts of the sectors and parts of the economy based on where the market cycle's at, uh, as well as some of our long-term views. That takes a lot of time to interpret and you know, spend a lot of time thinking through that. And, and we, so we try to really focus on what are the hidden gems out there, the mispriced gems, um, which I, I think you know, not everyone necessarily has the time to do that. But on the other end, I think it does really touch base on what Kenzie had started to allude to. That's why we are putting such an emphasis on the wellness side and focusing on, on each of our clients' overall well-being. So that's really what we view as the future of finance as, where it's, that takes, I think, the commodity part out of it. Is it's, I care about you as an individual. Uh, here's how we're going to help you, your family, and your overall health. And that had been a large thing that we had really seen for decades is, you know, it, when people feel a lot more pain with losing a dollar than they feel joy out of making a dollar. And I mean, it's it's just an innate thing within most people to feel like that. So that's where we're really focused and say, well, how can we help alleviate some of that stress for people? And that's really what Kenzie is helping us spearhead. And, you know, part of it being with educating our clients, our staff, and how to uh, associate well with our clientele on that, but also looking and saying, what are additional you know, wellness partners around here that we can actually partner with. So whether it be uh, spas or yoga, meditation, different things like that, that can really help people reduce their anxiety. And that's really how we're taking the commoditization out of our business. It's it's bringing the personal touch back into the business that I think had been forgotten about for a long time. Yeah, that's great. Do what the others aren't doing. And I took the same role with the insurance business. You know, a web insurance agency still writes the personalized insurance. It's kind of maintaining. Mm-hmm. It's not growing much. However, I decided to shift my focus to become more of a consultant for mid-sized commercial accounts and uh, specializing in workers' compensation because there's a lot of things on the work comp side side of insurance that business owners aren't doing, they don't know they should be doing, um, and their current agent is underserving them. They don't, they're not at the point of, let's say, 200 employees where they're going to hire a full-time risk manager and put them on staff and pay them $80,000 a year. They're just not there yet. So I kind of feel that gap for them. And it's working great, man. Working great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So kudos to that. Now, let's say somebody's listening and... They like what you what they've heard, and they're interested in, I don't know, taking the next step. What does that next step look like? And I guess let's paint a little more clearer picture. They have a a construction business, you know, twenty employees, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a million dollars in investments right now, sitting over at uh, Vanguard. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> and they're there's not, a couple of those out there. Yep. And they're gonna feel like, ah, oh, well, I'm not getting that personal touch, and I, I, I feel like I should. And let me give uh, Sandvold uh, a call. 
what what's that what's the what's the initial process like yeah well you know i'd say first off you know we do a lot with small mid-sized business owners because i i think you are completely right it, it is a unique need for a lot of those people and you know you're you're focused so much on your day-to-day business where it's tough to spend time thinking about all of this and you know i i think a lot of those people really understand uh the benefit of different expertise in, in certain areas um, so, I mean, as far as getting in touch with us, we've, we've got a completely revamped website that Kenzie actually spearheaded for us, uh, uh, sandvoldfg.com. Uh, gives a little bit more information about us. But as far as, you know, typically getting in touch with us, you know, how, how we started off is going through, you know, an initial little fact finder about what's important to you in life. What are your goals, aspirations? Uh, how do you feel about money? Uh, you know, what, what comes up to you when, you when you hear that and talk about it? Um, as well as, you know, the, the true nitty-gritty details, you know, income, expenses, uh, whether it be on personal side or business side, and what your cash flow looks like. Um, from there, um, yeah, it really is finalizing, gathering that information. After that conversation, we work on putting a plan together, an initial plan on uh, how we would look to help you and, and uh, service you. I, I kind of joke with some of our people and say, you know, usually the first way we put it together is probably the one way life won't work out. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of the, the nature of it. Like, as you mentioned, life changes a lot, whether it be career paths or, or anything. But that's the key thing is we're, we're here to pivot with our clients and uh, create those long haul relationships. Great. So start with the website and, uh, and then maybe give you guys a call or schedule an appointment from there. Absolutely. Right? Money Talks. What's money talks? Yeah, it's on the back of your business back card. Back of the man. business card, we have to mention it. <laughs> um, so it's a, a radio show that uh, we've been doing for for about twenty years now, and uh, yeah, my, my father Terry started it. Um, as you're going back to that age question, I, I told you I was there at the first one. I wasn't advising, but I was present in the studio. Nice. But yeah, we, we've got that uh, every Saturday on AM eleven thirty at eleven AM. It's it's a great show. It talks. Uh, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about um, relevant personal finance topics. Um, I, I spend a lot of time talking about the market. So as our CIO, I, I love talking that. I'll, I'll talk that all day with anybody who will listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, nice. yeah, so it's a great place to hear about us as, as well as some relevant topics right now. Now, did you say you guys are starting a podcast? or ha- We are. Yeah. We are. It's in the works. <laughs> in the works. So uh, uh, Nothing's been released yet. It ha- hasn't been released yet. Uh, Wealth and Wellness is the name of it. So okay. Uh, okay. be able to look for that shortly. Okay. Well, if you need any help with the back end side of things, let me know. I'm happy to help we, anyway. We, we may take up an offer on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're coming up to 30 minutes here. Is there anything else that you want to bring up uh, before uh, we bring this thing home? Either one of you that we didn't cover already? No, I, I think that covers it pretty well. Um, okay. You know, we, we've got most of our services out there. It really is a full-service financial uh, planning firm, but with a unique emphasis, as we said, on, on you as an individual. Great. Well, you guys are obviously doing a really good job if I couldn't ignore you. Right, <laughs> the marketing must be doing something right. Something, there we go. something. There Man, we go. You guys came across my radar several times in a week, and I'm like, okay, what's up with these guys? So, listeners, if you want to check them out again, their website is sandvoldfg.com. Is that right? You got yes. it. Yeah, sand s a n d v o l d f g for financialgroup.com. Sandvoldfg.com. Check them out. Uh, Blake and Kinsey, 
I appreciate your time. You did a great job. And uh, Blake, again, I am inspired and a bit jealous on your career path and the the direction you guys are headed. I, I wish I had that big, nice office down there and my first <laughs> name was Blake, but it's not. So congratulations and Thank thanks you. again for your time. Thanks for having Thank us you. today. Thanks, guys. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.